1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58 Therefore my brothers stand firm let nothing move you always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain The verse from Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up it's lovely to, to be here this morning. Um, it's nice to see that you're so many young people, so many children. I had to smile when Beryl said the children are going to go out and have fun. And I thought, yeah, and the rest of you are going to stay here. <laughs> <coughs> it's, um, it's different, isn't it, the weather here than what it is over in Nelson. I had to change from T-shirts and shorts before we set off. The sun was basking. It wasn't really that good, but uh, it was noticeable how the snow got worse as we, as we came over. And it's lovely to have such a warm welcome from you all. Although, after 36, 35, 36 years, I have to say that I still think you think of Carol more than me. <laughs> and they do, yeah, and, and when they were praying this morning, I won't embarrass him, but they said... Thank you, Lord, for Carol, and uh, uh, and somebody prompted them, David, which is me. This is my water. Yours has got the gin in it, hasn't it? Are these biscuits, man? As well, you It's great to be here. Um, I want to start by telling you two stories, only short stories, about two old ladies. The first old lady um, was a bit, I suppose, grumpetting negative. And uh, she had the minister round planning a funeral, as old ladies or older people tend to do. And she said to him, I want everything sorted. I want it just as you, as I want it to happen just as I'm going to tell you. And she picked all the hymns. She picked who she wanted to speak, the time and everything. And she said, when the coffin goes out and I'm in it, I don't want to be wheeled out. I want to be carried out. And he said, well, that shouldn't be a problem. But she said, there's one other thing. I want to be carried out by ladies. He thought, this is going to be difficult. He said, why? She said, well, I've been a single lady all my life. And the men wouldn't take me out when I'm alive. So they're not taking me out when I'm dead. And the second story is about an older lady who was a bit more positive. And they were at a house group and they were talking about all sorts of things and people in the church. And every time they talked about somebody, she had something good to say about them. And one young person said to this old lady, I'm sure you'd have something good to say about the devil. And she thought for a moment and she said, well I admire his perseverance. You know, sometimes love, life, is tough. And what I want to talk to you this morning a little bit is about perseverance. Now, I don't know most of your circumstances at all, but I just felt God was was putting that on my heart this morning. Life is sometimes tough. And for a lot of people, sometimes it seems tougher than others. And I suppose in the toughness of going through life, if we're honest... 
we'll all at some point felt like giving up. Yes? Yes. And what, what sort of things did we give up on? Well, sometimes friends let us down. And how many of us have said, right, that's it. I'm not going to bother with that person at all. I've had enough. They've let me down too many times. Or work. You know, we come home from work or a, a, a difficult week and we said, that's it, I'm getting out. Hey, I've had enough. It's tough. I don't want it anymore. And sometimes our, even our families can let us down. And we can be tempted to give up on our families. That uncle, that brother, that sister, that parent, that child. Particularly kids. You know, how, how many of us have felt like giving up on our kids? Especially when they get to teenagers. And you just think, I don't know what to do anymore. I just don't know what to do. I, I have no control. They don't know what they're told. And we've been through that. Praise God we've got through it, I think. Although they still keep ringing me up and asking for money. Who does that? What's that about? But kids, and sometimes, you know, we even think about giving up on our marriage. Because it's tough. And maybe church. You know, church is not going the way that we want it to go. Things are not moving. Things are not happening. People are stopping coming. Uh, it's great to know that you've got a minister. But maybe when you were seeking a minister, maybe you felt like, oh, no. And you felt like giving up. And prayer. You know, sometimes we pray and pray and nothing seems to happen. And yet, sometimes we think, I'm going to give up. I'm going to start asking God for that. And dare I say, sometimes we even feel like giving up on God. People and things constantly let us down. One of the readings that we read or had read this morning in Galatians says this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The opposite of giving up is succeeding and perseverance Perseverance and succeeding go hand in hand. And often, you know, we, we succeed not because we're entitled to, but because we're determined. I don't know if any of you watch films. Uh, I guess most people watch films. Has anybody seen the film Rocker? Just put your hand up and then I know that you're still there. A few people have. My daughter, it was my daughter's favourite film when she was about ten. And basically it's about a boxer. And this boxer is a professional boxer, but he's just at the, at the end of his career. He's had no big fights. He's had no great promotion. He hasn't had a really good training ex, uh, experience. He's never really made any money out of it. And he's almost at the brink of giving up. And all of a sudden, the world champion gets challenged, and he says, and somebody says to him, you know, people need something different. You've been a world champion for five years, and somebody needs to do something different to, to raise your profile. And one of his advisors said to him, you need to give somebody a chance. And the story goes on, and Rocky Balboa, which is Sylvester Stallone, uh, gets the opportunity to fight against him. Now, he had that fight. He didn't deserve that opportunity. He hadn't gone through the ranks. He hadn't fought all the right people. But he had a tremendous opportunity. He wasn't entitled to that opportunity. But for some reason, he got it. He got it, and he took it. He didn't win the first fight, but if you watch the Rocky films, it's about Rocky 17. He actually wins. 
Um, but the point is this. Sometimes we expect things to happen automatically. We deserve this to happen to us, but it doesn't always work like that. Life is not always like that. It's not about sitting back and waiting for things to happen. Thinking that the world owes us a favour. But it's about asking God for direction. Asking God, what do you want me to do? And then standing on the promise that he gives to you. Most of you will be very familiar with the story in Matthew about the two blind men. And basically Jesus is walking through an area and two blind men are aware that Jesus is there. And they start making a fuss and they want to get to Jesus. And everybody in the circumstances around are saying, leave him alone, don't annoy him. And all that did was not deter them, it made them even more eager to get to Jesus. So they started shouting and screaming and being enthusiastic, pushing to the front till they got there. And eventually they met with Jesus and you know the rest, Jesus healed them. But they could have given up. It was through their perseverance and they persevered because they had a goal and an aim. Let me just read a little bit from 2 Corinthians. I'll have to put the glasses on because I've noticed as I get older, my Bible's getting smaller. I don't know about you. 2 Corinthians. We're talking about persevering and we look for inspiration, don't we, from the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 11, 23. Paul says this, Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I have received from the Jews forty lashes, minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. Brothers, I have laboured and toiled. I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of concern for all the churches. And we think we have it tough. Paul was a guy who persevered under whatever circumstances he found himself facing. He didn't think he had a divine right just to have everything laid on a plate. He realised he had to work and he had to go through difficulties. He realised it wasn't going to be easy. In 2 Timothy, Paul told Timothy he had to endure the hardship as a good soldier. Now I guess most of us have some sort of contact with a soldier or somebody in, in, uh, in the history, maybe anybody who's been in the services, probably people in here have been in the services. My dad was in the services, but he, I never talked about it, he never talked about it much. But just recently, I've inherited a marine via my daughter. My daughter started going out with a, a marine. Um, 
and he's in Afghanistan at the moment, and we get we get images, which he gets texts and all sorts of stuff. And it's only just recently what's that it's got home to me what it's like to be a soldier, how tough it is. He rang up the other week, some, the other week, and one of his best friends had been killed. And when Paul talks about hardship as a good soldier, it's not just walking on the, you know, the, the uh, parade ground with a nice uniform on. It's being there in the heart of it, and it's tough, and we lose people, and the sacrifices to be made, the things that we want in our life are not there. We have to put up with all sorts of difficulties and hardships. And that's what Paul's talking about. If you want to persevere in this Christian life, get ready, wake up, it's going to be tough. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. The problem you see that a lot of us have, we live in a society, even outside church, where people want instant results, don't they? People want things to happen immediately. And perseverance doesn't seem to be something that's commonplace anymore. Even in the world of football... Managers come and go, because unless they get the results fairly quickly, they're out the door. People want instant results. The world, it seems to me, is obsessed with speed. Shortcuts. We're encouraged to get broadband plus broadband whatever, so that our computer will work half a second faster. What are you going to do with that half a second? We're obsessed as well with takeaway food. Not that I'm not knocking it. But everything has to be quick. We don't want to persevere. We don't want to slog at things anymore. And you know, even in Christian circles, people often come to church or seek an instant experience, a special blessing uh, that will remove all their problems. And it's right that people do come and get prayed for, but people sometimes come to the front in services and get prayed for, and the day after, nothing's changed. And people get discouraged. Real maturity is never really or usually a result of a single experience in church. Not maturity. A single experience can turn us round, but real maturity is an ongoing process. Let me just read something to you from Matthew. Matthew 14, 22. This is a familiar story about Jesus walking on the water. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get out into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, and after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. And then Peter chirps up, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you and walk on the water. And the most uh, illustrations I've heard about this is when people talk about Jesus encouraging people, Peter to walk on the water. And what happens is 
We've all heard it. That he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to sing, yeah? Which is, which is fine. But when I started reading this, first of all I thought, the guy's crazy, Peter. If I'd have been on the boat and I'd have thought it was Jesus out there, would I have said, ask me to come and walk on the water? Would you have said that? What if it weren't Jesus? Step out of the boat. You know, and I just wonder when the, what the disciples thought about Peter when he said, Let, you know, Jesus, if it's you, invite me to come out. The other disciples must have thought, you must be crazy, mate. What if it's not Jesus? What if you sink? But Peter, as we all know, went out and walked on the water. The other thing about it as, as well is it wasn't a nice calm lake, it was a bit rough. And he still went for it. And we'd think, wow, what an amazing experience. And if you were going home from work, or school, or college, or whatever, and you saw somebody who you thought were Jesus, and he said, walk across the reservoir, that would probably change your life, I would think. Yes? Maybe it wouldn't. But I think you probably think it would. Did it change Peter's life? Well, not really. If you look in, in Matthew, a few chapters on, this is the same guy who's walked on the water to Jesus, all of a sudden decides he's denied him. And he doesn't know him. After a tremendous experience like that. And that says to me, one-off experiences don't bring maturity. It's perseverance that brings growth. Real growth. In Corinthians, it talks about us being transformed. Life is not just one big marathon. And I used to think it was. As a Christian, I used to think, being a Christian, you know, it's a long slog. It's a marathon. And it is difficult. But I've begun to think of it a little bit differently. I believe it's more like a series of short races. You get up. You've got a little race to run. You run it. And then there's another one the next day. It's not just something that's on and on and on. It's a series of challenges that we have to face. It's a gradual process in order for us to mature and be transformed into the person or people that Jesus wants us to be. And we're just reading a little bit from Hebrews. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race with perseverance. The race marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorn and shame. Jesus was the ultimate in perseverance. You know, sometimes it's good that we don't know what's around the corner because it would probably scare us to death and we just think, I don't fancy that. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to go through at the cross. And he didn't shake from it. He didn't wince from it. He persevered. And he knew it was going to get tougher and tougher. And in a few weeks' time, we're going to remember in Easter... And we'll be thinking again about the sacrifice that Jesus made. And often, you know, when we feel like giving up, we feel like throwing the towel in, we need to just focus again on what Jesus did for us and how he persevered to the end, to the cross, because he had a goal in sight. And our goal 
is ultimately to please God and to serve him. Each day has got different challenges for all of us. But we've got to get out of bed every day and we've got to face whatever we have to face. Not every one of us is running the same race, but we are all running races indeed. Paul said, whatever's happened to me has really happened to advance the gospel. And I read earlier some of the things that Paul had gone through. All those things, any one of those things could have totally discouraged him. Shipwrecked three times. Who'd want to go on a boat with him? Um, all the all the stuff, the whippings, the beating, but he kept going at it. And he didn't say, well, I've endured it. He said, everything that's happened to me has happened to enhance the gospel. And if we think of our trials and our difficulties and our persecutions and our problems in a different light, in the fact that they're there so that people can see Jesus working in you and in me, it will enhance the gospel. If I had to ask you to put your hand up if you'd been a witness for Jesus next week, last week, some of you think about it, some of you would be unsure, but the bottom line is if you're a Christian, you've all been a witness for Jesus last week. The question is, what sort of a witness were you? What sort of a witness were I? How did I look, or how did Jesus come out of my life last week when I was going through a very difficult time at work, at school, or wherever? How was that witness enabled? Witnesses for God is not just about the good stuff, it's everything we do. You can't hide from it, folks. It's there all the time. So to persevere, we need to turn adversity into advancement. Paul never gave up when it got tough. He rose up. Because he understood that going through the difficulties were not only going to be a witness for Jesus, but they were going to help him to mature as a Christian. Paul said, let us not grow weary in doing good. At the proper time, we will reap if we do not give up. I don't, again, I said, I don't, at the beginning, I don't know what you were going through. But I'm sure there's difficulties in your life and you were wondering, should I give up on this? I believe God is saying to you this morning, no, don't give up. Persevere. Stick at it. Perseverance is something that we all need to work on, whatever. I'm sure Beryl and Jim have persevered with each other for a long while. How long have you been married? 105 years, did you say this morning? Oh, 55, sorry. I'm sure you've had to persevere a lot more than Jim has. It feels like 105, yeah. And you don't get through something like that without giving and taking and persevering and not giving up. If anybody follows football, you'll know that apart from the skill, it's about not giving up. Not giving up. Keeping going till the end. Fatigue and discouragement are not reasons to quit. Somebody once likened it to wrestling with a grizzly bear. If you're wrestling with a grizzly bear who's as big as you, you don't give up because you are tired, you give up when he's tired. Fatigue and discouragements happen, but what they should do is make us draw closer to God, not give up. Moses, who had the first summit conference, 
never mind, with God. He's up there and God's giving him all this good stuff. He's giving him the commands and he probably comes down on a high. And what happens? His number one colleague, his number one ally, his number one in charge, when he gets down, has totally lost the plot. He's making a golden calf. Talk about discouragement. So what did Moses do? Did he give up? No, he persevered. It's been said that dreams only become reality when we keep our commitment to them. And obstacles become incidental. And you know, it's not about age. It's all right saying young people have got dreams. Whatever our age, we have a job to do for God. There's no retirement in God's service. The roles change a lot, but there's no retirement. Going back to the theme of boxing, Muhammad Ali once said this, Champions aren't made in gyms, they're made from something inside them. A desire, a dream, and a vision. What are you struggling with this morning? What are you feeling like giving up on this week? Well, I just want to encourage you, don't give up. Be persistent. Persevere. God will honour it. And whatever we're going through, God will bring us through at the end. There's also a story about a motivational speaker in a big, uh, he went to a big management meeting. And right at the beginning, to try to motivate people, as motivational speakers do, he said, did the Wright brothers ever quit? this big group of people and they all shouted back no, the Wright brothers never quit he said did Charles Lindbergh ever quit and they all shouted back no, he never quit he said did Lance Lance Armstrong ever quit and they all shouted no, he never quit and then he said did Thorndike McAllister ever quit and then he went silence and somebody from the group said Who's Thorndike McAllister? And the motivational speaker said, he was a guy who quit. And that's a true story. If you're wondering what your job is within the church, within the community, within your life, it's dead simple. I can tell you exactly what it is. That's to change the world for Jesus. That's our job. Nobody else is going to do it. The guy that you're going to get to come and minister here, he's not going to do it. The missionaries that we support are not going to do it. It's your job, and it's my job, and we have to persevere with it. We don't stop because we're tired and because we're discouraged. We stop because the job's done. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you were... You are here, and you've got a plan for all our lives. And you don't want us to give up, Lord, on whatever we are facing. Whether it's work, family, home, marriage, children, church, ministries. Lord, you know all about us. You know what we're doing. You know what you want us to do. And we just want to take a moment, Lord, just to say, show us again what you've got for us. 
Show us again how you can take us on to make a difference in this world of ours. Show us again how we can change the world. We need to get a a reconnection, a refocus on how important it is that our role is done. That we give our best. We persevere to the end. Give us the energy, Lord. Renew our strength. Renew our vigor. And Lord, if we are really struggling, we pray that we would take time to just to draw near to you. To seek your face and your encouragement. That we might persevere to the end. And give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.